About five years ago, I made a new friend, a young lad of 24 who had just recently moved to Japan and begun working as an English teacher in my area. Despite having just arrived, he already knew a great deal about the language and culture. He'd been here once before as an international student and was in a long-term relationship with a Japanese girl from Tokyo. Humble, intelligent, and sincere, but also funny in a quirky sort of way, I was instantly enamored with his personality. And as I got to know him more, he showed even more of his funny side. My kids instantly took a liking to him too, especially my eldest, who began referring to him as her boyfriend and often spoke of marrying him one day. It became a sort of running joke in the family, but in all seriousness, I could only hope that she ends up meeting someone as honest and kind as he is. Although he had a girlfriend in Tokyo, he could only afford to see her about once a month, so quite often we would meet up on the weekends to go mountain climbing or exercise at the makeshift weight room that I had slapped together in the shed behind my house. And then, just when our friendship was really beginning to blossom, he moved to Tokyo. I was sad to see him go, but I knew it was coming. He had been planning to move there for two years. His girlfriend was there, and she had been beckoning him to come. And so it was that after saving some money and securing a job in an apartment in Tokyo, he said goodbye to all his friends in Nagano, packed up his things, and moved away. And then something weird happened. During his first week there, for seemingly no reason at all, his girlfriend of four years, the girl he had just moved to Tokyo to be with, dumps him. Knowing what a great guy he is and how devoted he was to her, I just couldn't believe it. Who the fuck would do something like that, I thought to myself. I mean, what the fuck, he moved all the way to Japan to be with her, and then after two years of meticulously saving and planning, he moves to Tokyo to be with her at her behest, and she dumps him. What a fucking bitch, I thought. But of course, I didn't say any of this to him. I knew he still had strong feelings for her, so I kept these thoughts to myself and simply tried to console him as best I could. Ideally, this would have meant calling him on the phone, but I didn't even try. Over the entire course of our friendship, he had never answered any of my phone calls. I asked him about it once, and he told me that he hated talking on the phone. So we communicated through text messages, and as usual, I sent him some messages, you know, asking him if he's alright, how he's doing, telling him that he'd get through this, but his replies were short, few, and late in coming. At this point, I had no reason to assume anything was wrong. He was in Tokyo, after all, a fun-packed city filled with things to do. I knew he had many old buddies there from his days as an international student, and that he was busy training for his new job. I assumed that after work, he was meeting up with his old mates to drown the pain of his traumatic breakup in mugs of Kirin and Asahi beer. I imagined them dragging him to karaoke bars, where they would sing Bohemian Rhapsody into the wee hours of the night in a cathartic attempt to purge him of the pain. However, unbeknownst to me and everyone else in this world, on the night of that fateful breakup, the night before his first day of work at his new job, smack dab in the middle of one of the most densely crowded cities in the world, he pulled out a blade and began hacking away at his wrist in a frenzied attempt to end it all. Thankfully, he didn't die that night. Somehow, despite losing a lot of blood and failing to receive medical attention, despite going to a hospital, I might add, he made it through the night, and he got himself to a clinic the next morning. Although still messaging him on a regular basis, I didn't find out about any of this until some months later, while out mountain climbing together. I just happened to notice the bandages on his wrists and asked him about it. Hearing his story, I was shocked, saddened, and relieved all at the same time. Relieved, of course, that he was still alive. Saddened that I couldn't be there for him when he needed someone the most. 
Perhaps he didn't feel comfortable enough to confide his troubles in me. And I was shocked that something like this could happen to a close personal friend of mine right under my nose without my even knowing it. It made me wonder what else I could be missing. Who else among my friends and family could be suffering right now without my being aware of it? How could I even know? The obvious takeaway, I suppose, is that we should all try to put a little more effort into checking up on friends and family members, to be on the lookout for signs of trouble. The less obvious and more difficult takeaway, for me specifically, is that I need to work harder to be the kind of person my friends and family would feel comfortable opening up to. Lord knows I've got some improvement to do in that area. In today's podcast, I sit down and talk with my friend about his depression and suicide attempt. I think it was a very difficult discussion for both of us, but a fruitful conversation that inspired and challenged me. In listening to his story, I hope that you too will feel inspired to become more open and vulnerable with the people that matter in your life, to open yourself up and at the same time to become more emotionally available to them. Without further ado, I present to you my friend. Would you like to give people a little intro? Okay. Um, let's see, I'm 27. I currently live in Tokyo. I'm a programmer. Um, I started, let's see, as soon as I graduated from university, I went to Nagano to teach at an elementary school and a junior high school. Stayed How did that there. go? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was fun working with all the kids. Um, it's not exactly my... It doesn't really fit with my personality too much. I don't like talking to people that much, so... Um, but you do like kids, right? Yeah, I do like kids, yeah. yeah. So You just don't like talking to them. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> if If it's somebody I know, I like talking to them, but... After a while, I just get tired of, like, social interactions. If you're a teacher, you kind of have to act. Sometimes put on a show. Sure. I don't like doing that very much. I, I, get, I, I just feel like, um, I don't know, I'm just not I'm putting on, like, a fake front. Even though it's for a good reason, I don't know. It's just not something I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you taught for a little while. Yep. You... Realized you wanted to get out of that. Mm -hmm. When did you realize that you wanted to be a programmer? Um, well, you, should, you moved to Tokyo before you became a programmer. Right? Yeah. You were teaching English in Tokyo. I taught at a... Uh, it's, it's not really an... Eng it was an English conversation school, but it's it was more of like a, a cram school. Um, it was a really... Based on what you've told me in the past, it was one of the most intense... English cram schools that I've ever heard of. Yeah, it was really intense. Like uh, the guy, the guy who ran it didn't even allow games, so yeah, there no would games. be no games. Yeah, um, we did reading and speaking ac activities from kindergarten up. So, and you said you had elementary school kids that were reading like Harry Potter. Oh yeah, in the um, original. Yeah, some third and fourth graders could read the original Harry Potter. Books. That's that's insane. Yeah, they're it's, these... a, it's a great school, but for the teachers, it's extremely extremely tough yeah, he was making you write reports yeah. all the time and write reports i had 80 students i was the only teacher um wow it i would go to work at around 12 and leave at like 10 30 uh -huh. which isn't super long but a lot of that was spent just teaching and i think i had like a 15 minute break to eat and yeah. everything else was just prep and yeah yeah it was a, it was a lot of work um the reason I invited you onto the show primarily was because I wanted you to talk about your suicide attempt. Mm -hmm. Now, I asked you in advance if that would be something you'd be willing to talk about, and you said yes. I know it's not going to be easy, yeah. but we're now at the time frame in which this happened, right? This hap happened like right as you began teaching in Tokyo right, right after you moved to Tokyo, right? Yeah. Why did you move to Tokyo? Um, well, let's see. That was my original um, goal, I suppose you could say. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time. 
who we had been dating for about four years. And my the plan was always to just teach in Nagano and then when I can move to Tokyo because that's where she was. And um, So she was basically waiting for you to move out there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty much. And, and then you did. I did, yeah. And then what happened? Um, so I did, and um, it's pretty complicated. There were a lot of <clears throat> things that went on. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but moving in Japan is extre- extremely expensive. It requires a lot of money. Yeah, I had saved does. a lot, but... Um, not just the actual moving, but like the key money for yeah, the you next have to apartment, pay, first mm-hmm. and last month. Yeah, the first and last month. Cleaning deposit. An extra month of yeah, um, rent. Just Did because. you have a hard time finding a place that accepts foreigners? Because I've heard of people that have said that they had that experience. I've heard of people having problems, but I didn't have any problems at all. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just expensive. Just super yeah, expensive. Yeah, I mean... I've heard of some foreigners having to pay like three months of key money. Um, yeah. And But I think that's the case if they don't speak Japanese. Um, uh-huh. When I went to the real estate agent, um, they asked if it was okay if foreigners could move in there. And I think judging by the real estate agent's uh, words that he spoke, it sounded like the next question was, can you speak Japanese? And the real estate agent said, yes, it's no problem. And then yeah. everything was fine after that. Yeah. So, I mean, let's go back in time. Okay. You're probably excited to be moving to Tokyo, but stressed at the same time because you're going to be starting a new job at a new English conversation school that you didn't know anything about because you hadn't started yet. Yeah. You're excited to meet your girlfriend who you've been together with for four years. You've been waiting to do this move for two years. Like Mm -hmm. it's been kind of building up and you're like, it's finally happening. Yeah. A lot happened in that first two weeks, and I'm sure a lot of it you don't even want to remember. But to the best of your knowledge, like how did it go down? Did you drive your own car down there? Were you in the moving truck? How did the next few days unfold? Yeah, so I guess I guess the best place to start is um, when I finished work. Um, the first day? Uh, no, I mean like before oh, I moved. You, the, the last day of work... At the job that you had in Nagano. Yeah. Um, I had, let's see, I had three schools that I went to at that point. And all of, I want to say that all of the going away ceremonies were in like a three day time span. Um, The plan was to move the day after the last going away Mm -hmm. party. Were they all drinking parties? Yeah. Did you drink at all of them? Um, Well, actually, I lucked out because. The drinking party for the elementary schools, the two elementary schools I was at, was at the same place at the same time. So uh-huh. I kind of shifted between those two. But regardless of that, it was a really, um, it was pretty stressful because, I mean, yeah. I was packing up all my stuff. I had to sell my car. I actually sold my car the same day that I moved. Okay. Yeah. And um, that that turned into a whole story of its yeah, own. Yeah, that, that, that turned into another story. Um, <laughs> but... I don't know the the whole going away ceremony. It's a pretty sad event, yeah. especially yeah. if it's your first one. Um, yeah, I had made, I had a lot of students that um, I really enjoyed spending time with and stuff, and uh, having to say goodbye to all of all three schools at the same time is pretty. Um, I mean, I was okay with it, but it is kind of a depressing thing. It is that along with moving, packing up, getting everything ready for the very next days pretty stressful getting that car sold was pretty yeah kind of a hassle yeah and um yeah so i'd gone through all the moving stuff packed up all my things into a moving truck um i went to the station got on the bullet train um i'd rush to my new apartment to help the guy move everything into my new apartment so anyway um yeah, I got on the train, moved, got everything done. And I believe the next day I started training for my job. Yeah. Um, I had to go in and shadow the, the teacher, uh, take a bunch of notes. Are we jumping ahead of like a major event? Like, didn't you break up with your girlfriend the day that you moved to Tokyo? 
Oh no. Um, I actually broke up with her the day before I started working. Okay. Yeah. Not training. No. Working. No, training. So, the day before you started training? Yeah. Okay. Oh no. I, it was after training. After training? Yeah. So you start training. Were you meeting really with her busy. at night to have dinner or anything? No. Had you I, seen her at all? I hadn't met her at all. Um, I wasn't getting a lot of replies from any messages or anything like that. Had you guys had like a a tiff or anything? Like I know all no, relationships yeah, have there was ups no, and downs. No fight and... or anything. But um, there was a little, the other, I guess my girlfriend was going through some things as well. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of, a, it was a really hectic time. Right. Um, so I started tra- training, which was pretty tough. Was it, because the school itself is intense. Yeah. The, the guy who runs it's pretty intense. Was yeah. he just like morning until night, just like all over you? Yeah. This uh-huh. is what we do. This yeah, is, just this like nonstop. I was watching like recordings of the prior teachers, prior teachers, and just like taking notes, just like nonstop. Um, it was it sounds was a like ton he had a very detailed methodology. Yeah, he did. He did, but it's it's hard to grasp. Uh it's not something that you can instantly well I'm sure some people can but for me even though I was taking notes and doing a lot of stuff it was just I felt like I was in over my head um it wasn't really the particle physics of a Kiowa this guy had he yeah he had he'd got it all down to a science he's the the Einstein of a Kiowa Uh (laughs) (laughs) and I mean there were definitely results but I think it takes a certain kind of person who's able to create those results and he I still don't even, I can't even comprehend it. Third grade students in elementary school reading Harry Potter. Yeah. Were, are they, were these um, so-called hafus? Like, no, you know, they half- were just Japanese kids. They'd never been outside of the Were they US. going to an international school or anything? Um, I think maybe a couple were, but most of them were just a regular school. Yeah, they're just regular kids. Just, just doing his cram school. Yeah. More than once a week or once a week? Uh, I think, well, they had started from preschool maybe. Some of them, uh, it depends on the student, but some of them twice a week, some of them in the past three times a week. I was going to say one hour a week. I, I, is it one hour or was it like one and a half, two hours? Like how long were the lessons? Oh, it was one hour. One hour. Yeah. Well, I would think that one hour a week for an elementary school student would, with that amount of time, would be really difficult to get somebody up to. I, I guess there's a yeah. lot of homework. Yeah, we well. give them homework as yeah. well. Um, it was a pretty... Yeah, and if they were able to read, once they were able to read, we would sometimes give them, like the students reading Harry Potter, we would give them a chapter to read. Uh, In the classroom itself, how how often did you find yourself communicating with kids as opposed to having them read out loud something and then correct them on reading and pronunciation? Um, quite a bit. Um, quite a bit of conversation? Yeah, that was one of the main focus mm-hmm. points. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were talking about what they were reading as a yeah. sort of a theme? Yeah, that. And then sometimes we would go on other topics. Uh, sometimes we would have them create a story uh-huh. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, you're yeah. doing training. Mm-hmm. Doing How training. long was that, a week? Yeah, it was a week. Really mm-hmm. busy week. Okay. Um, I hadn't even had time to move all my stuff. I was just like basically going to training, taking notes and stuff. Just getting home like at 10 or something, eating, doing a little bit of cleanup and then going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And um, what was your yeah. emotional state like during this week of training? I was I was exhausted, um, really tired. I wasn't really looking forward to my job. I hadn't been. Um, I, I It's it's a kind of a In terms of, emotion. of exhaustion. I often hear you say you're tired even now. Yeah. Because you're a hard worker and you put in a lot of hours even now. Let's take your hardest hour of work at your current job and put it in comparison to that week. Like what, in terms of exhaustion, physical, mental fatigue, was it different? Was it much, much worse? It was different. Um, Not just a, not just exhaustion, but I don't know how to explain it. It was probably a mix of depression, but it... Have you not, had a history with depression before 
the suicide attempt. Yeah, um, I I've had a problem with depression, like a clinical depression, since junior high school. So it's not something that was new. But were you on medication at the time? I wasn't. Um, I had been doing pretty good for, I don't know, maybe. So you had taken medication in the yeah, past. Yeah, I had taken medication in the past. Wait, um, how old were you when that started? I started that when I w- started university. Um, what kind of medication was it? Uh, just antidepressants. I had some Zoloft, Paxil. Yeah. Like what? What are we? What are we talking uh, let's about? Let's see. Abilify and Cymbalta was the first thing I went on, but th- those caused crazy side effects. Like, so. like what? Um, I guess it's described as difficulty. Um, controlling your movements so one day i was walking to class um and all of a sudden it felt like my legs were moving themselves and i was being pulled along i was walking normally almost like an out-of-body experience or something no it's like instead of you're on robot legs yeah it's like your legs are pulling you to your destination, instead of you moving your legs, uh-huh. your legs are moving and Indep- independently you of you. Yeah. So that was weird, and you decided to switch up. You switched meds. Um, well, that wasn't the only only side effect. That was the most bizarre. But I was also extremely um, depressed, really anxious. <laughs> it's antidepressant. Yeah. It, one of the it side effects to, is depression. It can actually increase your depression, especially with people who are um, not adults yet. Uh-huh. So what a horrible side effect for yeah. an antidepressant. Like, mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and put that out there. Yeah, it is because sometimes it, it'll give depression. you. Yeah. It, <laughs> the problem is, is that it gives you energy, uh-huh. but you can still be depressed, which is extremely dangerous because uh-huh. um, a lot of the reasons people don't do things like commit suicide is because they don't, when they're depressed, they don't have the willpower or the energy to do it. It's just too Exhausting. Just a gumption. Just, but, I don't want to get out of bed today. Kind of feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But this gives you the like the drive the, and the yeah, focus the energy. To, to do it. Huh. Yeah. But. Um, so you got off that? Yeah, I, I had to. It was. I couldn't even focus at school. I was extremely anxious, which I'm not usually. But I remember I couldn't. Like, if I had a day of school, I would sit at home and just like. Get super anxious about the idea of that I had classes, and I would just like sit there and just think about it until i had to it was really it was was horrible it was one of it was probably the worst experience of my life but um just no i don't know no peace of mind no i you were not even able to think about the regular things you would just like think about throughout your day you're just in this state of like anxiety and it's it was horrible and that was because of the meds or that yeah that was because of the medication wow yeah so did you eventually dial it in? Did you find meds that worked for you? Yeah, I found medications that they they worked. They weren't great. What were they? Uh, good question. I can't remember because, you know, there's uh, generic drugs. Sure. And yeah. Yeah. They each, basically, each drug has multiple names. Because how, many, how many different drug types do you think you've taken since you started? How many different uh, specific formulations? Yeah, um, probably eight or so. Okay. Yeah, quite a bit. But so you you did that during university, and then you I was were able feeling to, pretty good. You were able to get off of medications. Yeah, um, I was with my girlfriend. She was pretty supportive and helpful. Did she um, know that? Yeah, she knew all about that. Okay. Um, and she was pretty supportive about it. So it got to the point where I had kind of. Um, I guess from taking med- medications, you kind of figure out your emotions. Sure. And I guess I was able to control them. Uh, I had noticed that my thoughts were getting in a depressive state. Or- Did you ever have suicidal ideation prior to the time that you attempted it? Yeah, I did. Um, but it was no, it was never anything um, that I would actually do. I forget what it's called. Um, Just like, God, I wish I were dead or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Not, I, not the actual thought, like, I want to kill myself. But just yeah. like, life sucks. This, yeah. this fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, that kind of. That yeah, kind a of, lot of like, if I were to die, like, that wouldn't, I wouldn't really, that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I have to wonder, because I've had thoughts like that before. Although I wouldn't consider myself depressed. Yeah. Um, 
I wonder if that's normal. I wonder if everybody. I think everybody does has a thought like that. Like, but But, anyway. um, But anyway. So, in that sense, you had thought about it before. Yeah. And you you were on medication. Then you got off of medication. Mm -hmm. You were doing well. Yeah, I was doing fine. I was working at schools. Um, Do you notice when you're getting depressed? Yeah. You're like, oh, this is it. It's coming. I can feel it coming on. Yeah. Uh Did you feel it coming on in that first week in Tokyo? That's a good question. Um, Or did it sneak up on you? It probably was there, but like I said, I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. Um, Controlling your emotions when you're depressed is a pretty tiring thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it was either that I was exhausted and I didn't really feel like putting up with it. Maybe I didn't notice, or maybe it was to the point where I just didn't care. Um, sure, sure, yeah. I think that was probably it. Okay, so you're exhausted. Yeah. You, you're you finishing up the work of training. Yeah. Um, I had spent the whole weekend basically putting everything where it needs to be in my apartment and uh, you getting didn't ready. With, with your girlfriend? No, I had tried. It wasn't going well. Um, At this point, did you sense that things were... Awry. Yeah, I noticed there was something strange. Um, but she had done things like this in the past, like had periods of time where she was non-communicative. And yeah, I mean, everybody has those yeah. points, I guess. But um, yeah, so I guess I should say that my whole um, reason for taking that really intense job was that it was only for a year. And I, I was under the impression that if I was going to be able to be with my girlfriend well I could I could do it um I didn't really want to but I felt like if I put in a year I could find a different kind of job that, that I was liked. that was the plan going yeah you know, as I recall it was like plan. I don't think I want to do English conversation but if I just do it for a year I can save up some money yeah. and plus I'll be in Tokyo so I can start networking and yeah and find a different job mm-hmm. um so the weekend passed yeah well the weekend had pretty much passed. I was trying to contact friends that I knew in Tokyo. No responses at all. Um, it ended up just being bad luck. But I started feeling pretty isolated. Um, I just wasn't really able to contact anybody. Even my family was busy at that point. I'm. It's all bad timing. But um, yeah. anyway, uh, I was talking to my girlfriend, trying to find a time when I could meet with her. Because I was... Like I said, I was exhausted. I was lonely. I hadn't met with anybody that I knew since yeah, I moved. Yeah. And it was all just work. In one so. of the busiest, crowded, you know, most crowded cities in the world, it, it tends to be lonely. Like yeah. the time that I spent in Tokyo was one of the loneliest years of my life. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you had all this piling up. Yeah, all this piling up. I had no money. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the move. Yeah, and I wasn't going to get paid for another month. Um, so it was really pretty grim. Um, and... Just a bunch of small problems that kind of added up. And um, eventually, when I was talking with my girlfriend, she, we, I guess she came to the conclusion that she didn't want to um, go out with me anymore. It was a very abrupt, very strange thing. And um, I don't know. It's a really hard thing to explain there was a lot of emotions a lot of a lot of problems going on at that time but um so eventually we stopped seeing each other um it was really it was pretty late at night um i knew that i had to start work the next day and i my boss had told me the whole week before that I needed to be extremely happy and energetic. That's and, insane. Um, yeah. Because it's first impressions are really important. And for me... Um, so you just, you're basically feeling like dog shit. Yeah. And you're going into your first day and you must act like a sunflower. Yeah. And for me, that's hard. Like, sure. even when I'm not depressed, I, I don't like being i'm not someone who's acting cheerful yeah acting cheerful all the time yeah yeah. so that was that just sounded horrible um i didn't want to do it 
like I said, I didn't have any money. I didn't have anyone to talk to. Um, but did you wake up and go into work the next day? Oh, yeah, I did. But um, I guess I should add, before I went into work, um, before I went into bed, I um, attempted to commit suicide. That was the night? Yes, that was the night. So after she broke up with you, yeah, you, you're just like, oh, my God. No money. No friends. I can't get in touch with any of my friends. No family. No girlfriend. Fuck this shit. Did you have the conscious thought of like just the I'm um, like what were you think? What was the exact? Do you recall the the train of thought that that moved you to this act? Yeah, it was a really strange feeling. Um, it wasn't the normal. Oh, I just hate myself, or I hate what I'm doing. I wish I was dead. That kind of depressive thought it was more of I was so tired and just I guess tired of everything I just wanted to I guess rest or sleep or I just was tired of everything like literally everything I didn't I had no I don't know it's really hard to explain but the only thing I wanted to do was just to not I guess exist it wasn't like a it wasn't like, oh, I'm depressed. I don't want to live anymore. It was just out of pure exhaustion. Do you think there was, along with exhaustion, the heartbreak? Well, I'm sure. The pain Yeah. of the heartbreak. That, that was definitely there, but the it had all accumulated into this desire to just, I don't know, it's really hard to explain but I just didn't want to exist anymore I guess uh-huh not because of sad thoughts or heartbreak but I just didn't like anything in reality it was just right. it was, I just wanted to be away from re- I don't know how to explain it it's a really bizarre and what can we talk about like how you attempted it, you, you the classic uh, route, really. Yeah, you classic took, route, I guess. You tried, um, you tried to slit your wrists. Yeah, you did slit your. Wrists. I did. Uh, what time was that? Uh, maybe ten or ten thirty. So it's amazing that you made it into work the next day. It's amazing that you lived. Yeah. How I'd did actually, that? How did that happen? Um. So after the attempt, uh. My first, I don't know, there's a, a huge sense of regret after doing that. Um, it was an immediate sense of I shouldn't have done what I did. That's um, good. I, I wouldn't think that everybody feels that way when they when they try to kill themselves. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. but um, You still had, was it, in what sense did you regret it? Like, like I've still got my whole, because you're a young guy. You were even younger then. I've got my whole life ahead of me, or was it like I've I've uh, let down my parents, or was it like um, I should have thought about it like more? Like, in what sense did you regret it? Because you weren't feeling any better at that. No, point. I wasn't feeling better I mean, at all. You're but still in that in the place of darkness. I don't know. I guess I just realized it wasn't going to work, and but I knew that I would have. I don't know how to explain it. I guess I kind of regretted. Maybe I had some sense that I wanted to keep on going. But I knew that after what I had done, I would have major scars left over. It was too late to really do like anything. The about literal it. scars? Literal or scars. The, or the, okay, yeah. It's kind of a weird thing to feel <laughs> regret over, but. um. No, I mean, I can understand that. I mean,. There's so much in our in the culture of manliness that's like you must be strong, you must be, and so like I would think that any male, if they try to commit suicide, uh, and they don't, they end up living, would feel in some small way like shame, like like if I were stronger, I wouldn't have done that. 
people shouldn't feel that way, but yeah. I think it's a natural thing to feel. So you regretted it in that sense, like yeah. God, I don't want to have these scars on my wrist. Yeah. But how, let's let's kind of so, go back so a I minute. I regretted it. You fell asleep, right? Like you um, you slit your wrists and then you fell asleep on the floor. No, like my initial, I guess, thought was that because I had these, I needed to go see a doctor. So I walked to the nearest clinic. Not at to, 10 at night, right? Oh, yeah. At, at 10, 10, at, 10 night. at night. At 10 at night. Yeah. I went, did, you, did you wrap I, it up? I'd wrapped up my arm, put a sweatshirt over it, uh-huh. a dark sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to two clinics. They were both closed. Yeah, Japan. Usually, no, usually one of them was open for like emergency reasons, but that one day it wasn't open. So I walked back home and just decided I'm going to go to sleep. I don't mm-hmm. really care. So with, with the sweatshirt wrapped around your arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I had a, a cloth around my arm and a sweatshirt over that because just a sweatshirt around my arm wouldn't have really probably done it. But um. So you fell asleep with a cloth wrapped around. Yeah. Your arm. Uh-huh. And I you woke, woke up, up the next morning. Yeah. I feel like shit every morning when I wake up. You yeah. saw me this morning. I I looked like probably something the cat vomited up. <laughs> How did you feel that morning? Uh, pretty pretty bad um in what i can't in what in what sense were you just like ah fuck shouldn't have done that or like oh jesus i I gotta go to work today did you feel weak from losing blood like i was i was weak i think when i had gone to sleep my hope was that i would somehow like pass like while i was sleeping yeah um so you still hadn't you were not fully on board with life you were kind of like Tried to go to the clinic. That didn't work out. Fuck it. I'll just fall asleep. Yeah. If, well, I mean, I had I, to go to sleep. There was nothing I could do anyway. Yeah. And I, it's not like I wanted to do anything. If I bleed out point. in my sleep, well, shit, I bleed out in my yeah, sleep. Yeah, that was it. pretty much the, that was <laughs> pretty much the Throw thought. the dice and see what happens here. Yeah. So. But you woke up. Were you like, did you feel like you had a new lease on life? No. Um, did you have to re-remember that you were no longer together with your girlfriend i hate that where you fall asleep and you're like oh shit we broke up last night didn't we no i remembered everything um and she probably didn't sleep that well to begin with actually i think i did you did enough but i I, it was probably because of exhaustion but um we should point out that you're not a good i'm not a good sleeper yeah so but you got a good night's sleep that night. yeah well i mean i didn't feel good when i woke up but i don't remember just like tossing or turning or anything right um Uh but i'm not really surprised i guess because after going through all of that um you tend to be pretty tired you were already exhausted and then yeah you lost a lot of blood yeah so you tried to go to the clinic the night before i suppose on your mind was hey i'm gonna need to hit the clinic at some point today but you had to go to work well the funny thing is that um this was your first day my first day yeah and the I, day that where you is like you got to smile, you got to be yeah. cheerful. Mm-hmm. How did that? How so did that go? L- luckily for me, uh, that job didn't start until twelve. Okay. So yeah. I I don't know what time I woke up, but my first thought was that well the clinic's not going to be doing. They're probably just going to be closed anyway. I, go to a drugstore. Maybe drug I should go to a hospital. Like, hospital. Okay. So I went to the hospital, and it was it was a couple stations away. Uh-huh. And um, were they open? They were open, Good. but th- but um, <laughs> they weren't accepting new patients. <laughs> so they what? So they, they gave. Were, they were open. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't accepting patients. Yeah, <laughs> you like unless like you needed to go to the ER. They right. were not accepting new patients. I guess. Did I you say. decide to take that route? Did you like? Well, I could go to the ER. Well, at that point, the bleeding had maybe st- stopped. Well, it, yeah, obviously it stopped it, mm-hmm. if it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I did they you, gave me. Did a, you want some more tea, by the way? Oh, uh, yeah, I still got some. Yeah. But, would you, um, would, I'm sorry, to interrupt uh, you. Would you. You want some more tea? Okay. <laughs> I I always ask the other person first. <laughs> In sorry my case, the that. conversation would probably just mouth. end. No, I'm okay. She don't want any more. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I wasn't gonna press you, but I was gonna make puppy dog eyes. <laughs> some tea. tea. Tea sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, 
So they gave me a map of like nearby clinics and I chose one. So they were open, but they were not accepting new patients. patients yeah. And they gave you maps to walk to yeah. other clinics or hospitals? Clini- clinics. And I actually found an amazing clinic. Um, they actually did counseling there. Did, like, you, did, you, did they ask you what, at the first hospital that you went to, did they ask you what the problem was? Uh, I told them I had cuts on my arm uh-huh. and they asked me why and I told them I didn't really want to talk about it. Um, and that's when they directed you to a different hospital? Yeah. They they had discussed with like, they are like, oh, just wait a moment. And they were discussing like with other nurses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then at mm-hmm. that point they were like, I'm guessing they you have probably some protocol. Looked, you probably looked like... Yeah. You had just woken up from the other side. Yeah. And, and they were probably like, I think we're dealing with a yeah. a suicide attempt. Yeah. So let's let's see. Can we handle this? And then they sent you to a different place. Yeah. Which the different place was amazing. I actually wish I could still go there. Um I remember I had Why exp- can't you? They don't accept new patients. Oh, now? it's just too far away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an hour away, so <laughs> That's but, good. Uh, it's good that they still accept new patients. Yeah, that's that's always good. So how you? So I went to that clinic. Okay. Um, I had done the same spiel, like, "Oh, I have cuts on my arm. I don't really want to say how they I got them." I remember I had to show the doctor, uh-huh. and that was extremely embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but the doctor was really kind Understanding. and understanding. Uh, That's good. Yeah. yeah. He gave me a bunch of like. Stuff to help with healing, and he knew what was up. Yeah, he knew what was going on, and um, luckily that place also had counselors there, Uh and so he immediately made a like an appointment with me to talk with a counselor, which was as he should. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that I had continued. Basically, the doctor helped me as much as he could, and I'd I'd basically keep going there like every week. Uh Um he was aware of the problems I had with work and everything I had gone through. So I really, uh, I guess indebted to that doctor. Um, when you guys did your counseling, did you do it in Japanese or in English? Yeah, it was all in Japanese. Okay. You're, do you want to talk a little bit about your background in Japanese? Cause you, I guess we could, you came over here. Did you major or minor in it? I majored in it. I minored in business, minored in business, major in Japanese. Yeah. How many years have you been in Japan now? Uh, five? Four or five? Four or five. Four or five, four or five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you ever taken any of the, the Japanese language proficiency tests? I uh, took N2, and I've taken N1 with you a couple times. <laughs> Let's not talk about yeah. that. Those are my scars, yeah. and I don't... Yeah. <laughs> but you passed N2. Yeah. You had a pretty good score, too, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't remember what it is now, but okay. it was... Yeah. I passed, it was, it was that good, was for sure. Okay. Um, so you were able to to talk about, I mean, in, in the counseling, like, how did that go? Like, that's an interesting topic in and of itself. Like, what kind of questions did they ask you and what kind of answers did you give? Um, I was a little closed, but I hadn't really processed a lot of it because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it just, it was all kind of happening it all happened pretty quick were they so. saying like so how did this happen yeah mm-hmm. and you were like well, well I, I explained to them what happened but you didn't get into the reasons yeah I didn't get into the physically this is what happened I, 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 I yeah. cut my wrist mm-hmm. like, like I just told them I had a lot of problems no money I just broke up with my girlfriend I uh-huh. don't have any friends around here couldn't contact my family just a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of stuff and um to that yeah. what did they say um I see. Well, they they listened. I mean, that's the main part of counseling is to listen and let right. people talk. Yeah. Um, they asked me a lot of questions, but they were pretty kind about it. Um, I I honestly don't remember the details too much anymore. How many hours do you think you you spent getting count receiving counseling? Oh, in total or that yeah. day? Well, no, no, no. Well, that day and then in total, yeah. Um. Well, I talked for about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I was running out of time. I had to go to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, Did, were they trying to keep you there? They wanted to hear more? They wanted to hear uh, Yeah. And you're like, gotta go. I gotta work. And they're yeah. like... Well, they were pretty understanding. 
Um, did they did they give you any like you might want to think about not going into work today? Yeah, they're like if it's difficult, maybe you shouldn't go. And I was like, oh, I have to go. There's no one else who can do my job. There's no other teacher. There's and they no were other, like, yeah, we understand you. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is Japan. <laughs> yeah. So, how many hours do you think in total you received getting counseling? Oh, I'd go there every week. For, After a while, I'd start going every two weeks. But um, for, for we're talking years. Oh, this is that year, while I was um, teaching at that school. Teaching at that school. So for one year. Yeah. Okay. And how um, are the scars, by the way? I haven't. I haven't uh, looked at. They're the... they're better, but they're not. They're still visible. I, I remember when you first showed them to me. Yeah. You had special creams and bandages. Yeah. Bandages, and, everything. And you were like, this is going to help, you know, uh, reduce scarage. Yeah. I and actually had to... Um, they were pretty bad when I saw them. Yeah. But, but now they're looking really good. Yeah. Almost like... I would say that if if I didn't know, I might not even notice. Some people don't. Some people say just ridiculous things when they like what? see them. Oh, like... Like, oh, you have scars on your hands. Oh, that's scary. And like... You've had people say that to Yeah, you? I've had people. Like Japanese people or... Yeah, I've had Japanese people. Um, Really? Yeah. They pointed out to you. They're like, whoa, what's, what's up with those scars, bro? Like that? Yeah. Like, but most... At work most, or... No, no, no. Um, well, my boss, he... um, My current... At my current job, he mm-hmm. asked me about them not as like a oh that's scary as he was probably concerned but um he's like what are those yeah (laughs) Yeah. what'd you say um i just told him i had a bad experience um and i actually had these scars i guess redone i guess you could say let me get let me get originally they were much worse and i actually that doctor that i had met that day i started work um Mm -hmm. he they didn't heal well um my body just ended up it doesn't heal very well i guess i have one of those bodies but he ended up removing the scars and re sewing them yeah re-sewing them okay yeah um they're not that bad so he asked you about them and you said well i had a bad time in my life and yeah did the conversation end quickly or yeah he didn't press okay other people though have pointed them out to you yeah, especially, well, I had to wear a bandage for over a year after getting the scars redone. Yeah. A special bandage that blocks UV rays. And so that would be and like that a stood point out. of discussion. That stood out a lot. Did, um, you, did you, for the people that brought it up, did you talk about it at all or did you just be like, don't worry about it? Yeah, I I'd said, oh, I don't know, like my skin, I have some kind of like allergy on my arm or I just had like... I'd say set list of things that yeah, you, yeah. Uh-huh. just because <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to talk about it like I can understand yeah. that yeah so yeah. You, okay so that day at work that first day how did that go <laughs> um I mean I tried my best I wasn't hey there let's do English today yeah like I didn't have any energy yeah. I mean, I I'd tried a lot to do that. Did but your boss at the end of the day like sit you down and be like, this is not going to cut it. You are not ganky enough. Yeah, like especially he had told me that like after the first week as well, like you're not, you didn't have nearly as much energy as I thought but you, you would. But he didn't know. No, I didn't. I didn't want to tell him. Yeah. Because I felt like at that point, I felt like if I told people, they mm-hmm. would just maybe, I don't know, pity me or not take me seriously or and i didn't i just strategically though you probably should have told him i probably should have but that way there's no cognitive dissonance but like i gotta act super happy i gotta act super excited and peppy but i'm not he he could have at least yeah given you a little bit of slack in that first month but instead it's the opposite he's like i got this new hire here i gotta fucking beat him into shape make sure that he's you know, operating to the best of his ability, smiling as much as he can. And mm-hmm. um, that must have been horrible. Yeah, it was really, it was really horrible. That, I could fe- I could see how that would be more depressing than the week that led up to your, your suicide attempt. I could yeah. see how that, <laughs> the following week would be 
just as depressing, if not more depressing. Like yeah. you're coping with that and yet you have to be the new cheerful teacher at the school. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you, was, but, you've, but you did it. Yeah. I, and you kept on and mm-hmm. you stayed there for a year, right? Yeah. I'm really glad that I had that counselor because they immediately, I had told them everything. They knew my whole, mm-hmm. like the doctor and the counselor both knew my story. They mm-hmm. would talk to me every time I went there. And they'd uh, ask you like, how's work going? Yeah. They like, would, they'd try to help me out. Let me tell you. Yeah. They'd try to help me out. Um, I don't know. Anyway, they, I mean, they couldn't really actually help me, but they tried. So. It, it, it did help me, at least mentally. I was able to kind of let off some steam and yeah. somebody understood. Having um, a third party to, yeah. to talk about it with. Mm-hmm. By the end of the year, though, you were an amazing teacher and he wanted you to stay. Yeah, he asked me to stay. Um, he had told me my first, I don't know, at first I wasn't really what he was looking for. Well, like, not that... It, I wasn't what he was looking for. He had expected more, I suppose, is what right. he was saying. But, yeah. I mean, I can understand that. I wasn't really in that good of shape. For Did he ever time. know that? I never told him. I still haven't told him. Wow. Um, wow. Sometimes he contacts me just to see how I'm doing, but I just never. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't really like telling many people about it. Right. I, ironically, I'm doing a podcast about this. Well, we haven't said your name. Yeah, that's and true. But if you don't want me to, yeah. I won't include mm-hmm. that. There's we can, this... we can disguise your personage. Yeah. Change my voice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but um. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, they're just like there's this feeling. I still kind of have it, but I feel like if people know what I did. And the fact that I ha- even just having depression, I feel like people would. It just changes everything. It changes the way they view you. Yeah, and I and don't. You don't want people to view you differently. I've always just wanted people to view me normally. I don't want to have a crutch or anything like that. So sure, that's one of the reasons I never told him. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So for this podcast, will will we be using a photo of you? Um, uh, I don't know. I haven't thought of that. Do you want to go into like some details about recovery? Like how have you Yeah. How have so, you found recovery? You should probably been, scoot in a little bit. Yeah, You're like a, a meter away from the mic yeah. now. How how has recovery been going for you? It, um, we're 2 years out now? Yeah, 2 years. Uh 3 actually. Wait. You, no. It's been 2. Yeah. Do you f- more than 2 maybe? Yeah. Do you feel like like I recall I had a big breakup once a long, long time ago, and I was fully depressed after she dumped me. I was fully depressed after that for a year. Everything felt gray. Um, do you still? Do are you out of the grayness? Do you feel like you're in a in a good spot right now? Yeah, um, I've been out of it. I don't know. There's my depression, and then there's the, um, I guess just the recovery from the whole attempt, which are two separate things. Um, yeah. I'm I'm still depressed. Um, I'm taking medication, so it's better. But as far as the whole incident and everything, I'm fine with it. Uh, I've accepted it. What are you taking now for your medication? Good question. Um, I can't remember the name. It's... it's <laughs> you are horrible. <laughs> well, I've tried so many. And like, like I said, the... Generic drug names are just really hard to remember. Sure, it's it's like Abilify, but um, you, you once told different. me that the medications you were taking caused brain shocks. Is what they're called? Oh, when you increase or decrease your dosage, um, you get this strange feeling in your brain of like it's like a zap. A is brain? Is, what are they called? Brain zaps? I think I don't know if that's the uh, scientific name, but okay, <laughs> um, it's yeah. impossible to describe, but. If you move your head or move your eyes. Which happens or even a lot if you, during the day. Yeah, or even w- sometimes when you're walking, yeah. you just get this shock that it causes you to kind of like tense up or uh-huh. just you can't focus. Like say you're moving your eyes from left to right. When, while you're moving them, you'll get this shock mm-hmm. and you you can't really see anything during that point it's Mm -hmm. just like a blind Mm -hmm. 
I don't. It's hard to explain. It's I've never been able to put it into words. But and um, this is this is uh, common among people who take the medication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't do know you, if do it you happens get those to, now. No. no. Um, but then again, I'm not lowering or adding my dosages. So How is your dosage like? Whenever anybody talks about antidepressant meds. I think of my friend Peter from university. He was this amazing guy. Just um, everybody mm. loved him Yeah. while he was on his meds. But then um, while he was on his meds, uh, he could not maintain an erection or couldn't function in bed or whatever. Yeah. And so he was so uh, charismatic and funny that he would, girls were just, you know, attracted to him. And eventually he'd find somebody that he liked and they'd start dating and he'd have to go off the medication Mm -hmm. so that they could have, you know, biblical relations. And uh, then he would slip back into a depressive state. Yeah. You know, um, completely different personality. Mm -hmm. Just it was like zombie Peter or social butterfly Peter. Yeah. And... um, as soon as zombie Peter came out, the girl would obviously, she'd, I don't like this, this sucks. And so she'd dump him yeah, and, and go off, which would send him into a deeper depression. Yeah. Luckily, he would met up and get back on yeah. top of things. But the cycle for him was uh, on my medication, not with a girl. Want to get with a girl, go off my medication yeah, it's turn a, into a zombie, lose the girl, mm-hmm. back on the medication. Never-ending cycle. Obviously, this is a little personal, but how do you perform on meds? Do they affect that at all? It depends on the medication. Um, some medications make it pretty much impossible. Some make yeah. it more difficult, but yeah. not impossible. It also depends on your dosage. Um, sure. How are you doing in the department? Are, um, I'm fine, I guess. I'm, really? I'm not, it's not perfect, but it's, it's okay. Uh-huh. It's doable. Yeah, but I guess from what I understand, um, well, antidepressants are weird because each medication, even though they're similar, uh-huh. they have completely different effects on people. Yeah. And I mean. I've heard that Zoloft makes people aggressive. I think it just depends on the person because some people are fine and then it's. The problem is with with depression and antidepressants, the problem is that even doctors don't know how it's going to help you. If it's going to help you, it could make you worse. And it's really frustrating because say if you have, I don't know, a certain disease, most of the time they'll give you a medicine and it will help it. But with antidepressants, it may not help. It might help a little. It could make things worse in other ways. It's frustrating, extremely frustrating. There was a recent podcast, I want to say it was Radio Lab, where they were talking about antidepressants in the current state of the science. And it's like, um, I'm going to botch the analogy the doctor was using, but he's like, it's um, basically, it's, it's dumping chemicals on the brain and we don't really know like what effect that's going to have. Yeah. It's not very pinpoint precise. There's, um, he was saying that in the future... They're going to have a much better understanding of the neurotransmitters and the effects that they have specifically so that they can create a perfect cocktail, so to speak, that will allow you to feel the way that you want to feel or should feel. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to measure, say, I don't know, for example, maybe I'm like I'm missing 50 milligrams of chemical A, but there's no way to know what I'm missing and how much of it I'm missing. So all they can do is give you a medicine and hope that it will replenish the thing that you're missing. Um, but like you said, in the future, maybe they will be able to measure what your brain produ- produces and then fill in those gaps, yeah. which would is something I'm actually really looking forward to. The singularity. Um, well, that too. I mean, I would... I Are I you ready to bow day. down to your robot overlords? I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about that. Maybe me as a programmer will you can put have me a, in a good light. You can have a arm. bionic arm. Yeah. You just no more scars. It's a bionic arm. Yeah. It's if a I robot could, I'd, arm. I'd replace my body with a robotic 
body. All your limbs. Would Not you all. have them cut off each limb and replace it with a robot limb? I don't know. What if it was more functional than what you have now? Yeah, Could why you... not? So you're on board? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it depends. I mean, we're t- we're opening up a pretty big can of worms. So it's hard uh-huh. to say. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to continue this interview more, but uh, sounds like we're out of time. Yeah. Maybe next time we'll talk about the news. And your train's about to leave. Yeah. We should probably get you to the train station. Mm-hmm. Was there any parting wisdom you would like to give people who are suffering from depression? Um, yeah, don't be afraid to seek out help, whether it's your family or a doctor. Try to find someone who you can talk to, like a medical mm-hmm. professional. Medication, I know a lot of people have. Um, they're kind of reluctant about doing that, but... It doesn't change who you are. It just makes things a little brighter. Um, I would ask anybody who is suffering from depression to at least give it a shot. So, Do you see yourself taking medication for the rest of your life? Or do you think it's something that you'll be able to get off at some point? With current technology, um, yeah, the rest of my life. But hopefully someday I'll have something better. But, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you for doing this. Yeah. It's my hope that... By shedding more light on depression and suicide, fewer people will have to suffer yeah. from that. I mean, I wish that I had known that you were going through this because we were friends prior to you heading off into Tokyo. Yeah. Of course, when there's a geographical mm-hmm. distance between people, it's harder to keep in touch with them and keep tabs on yeah. how they're doing and whatnot. And I just assumed you're having a blast here yeah. in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Pew, 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 yeah. just having, having beers and, you know, yeah. meeting up with your girlfriend. And so um, I kind of faded out because I thought, oh, he's he's going to do his thing for a while. It'll be a while until yeah, I, I hear from him. I don't him. hold anybody. I don't have any negative. Uh, I wish I had known, though. I yeah, wish it's, known. it's not really anything you could change. So I don't really hold anybody in. Well, the kids are back. So we yeah. should go ahead and end, end this. Thanks again. I really yeah. appreciate mm-hmm. it.